so <laughs> in the middle of it right now. <laughs> um, these last two days were, for me at least, filled with the interviews, like having meeting people from this group, like some of you from this group in the mornings and in the afternoons. And like out of that, a few themes occurred. I think the most powerful one for me was um, grief and death. Somebody in this afternoon's interview shared um, that she lost her mother a year ago and how that was affecting her. How, and I was like, how that manifested in her experience of this retreat. And it was very, very beautiful and very touching to see how each member of this group came in and shared their experiences. It was like, this is such a powerful messenger. When we when we lose somebody who is very close to us, when, when we experience that sense of loss, of almost like deprivation of something that we have taken for granted, it's quite powerful. And something that goes along with death and dying is it's so irrevocable it's it's like also share I shared that in the group too it's like it's not something you can have a little bit of death you know it's like when somebody is dying that person is really dying and moving out of your life and when death of a close relative occurs very suddenly, it can be like a shock. I mean, my experience of my mother dying was like that. And it took me quite a while to just come to terms with the reality of what has ha what did happen. And it was very painful. It was very difficult. And helpful was to see the body and just really understand also to some degree at that point like the experience of the body not really being being the person being what I had known as my mother like seeing the body after after the death was a completely different experience than meeting her being alive just like not the same person of course not a person anymore but just a dead body and I mean for the person who shared in the group her grief it was it was so fresh it kind of brought back for me the 
to some degree the experience of how it feels like losing somebody who is so so close to you and what it brings up the fear and uh, it's almost like that person takes something something of you with them while passing as it's like some some part of you is leaving with the person and with that we we experience that sense of loss that sense of of lack and it was very lovely to see how as i mentioned how the others in the group came in and each of them shared their personal experience of what was most difficult for them when they lost a, a relative or somebody very close and even for the person who hadn't had that experience yet like he was able to kind of tune in and to connect with what was shared and felt like almost like around that theme the the dialogue group came really together and there was something like this is a human predicament and we all are more or less involved in that we have our own experience of that and we are kind of connecting and we are together to a certain degree just through that shared experience other themes that uh, have been coming up were fear how fear comes up in our practice to to different in different degrees just from just uncertainty or not feeling quite safe to really panic Another theme, self-doubt, self-loathing, and also, which probably all of you know, that experience of, or like that um, attempt of creating back a former experience that was a very pleasant one for you and trying to get it going again and meeting in that meeting the limitations of not being able actually to do that and by trying to create that creating actually a lot of stress and a lot of tension in the mind even to the point of being really quite distracted by that so why I'm sharing that with you is kind of recollecting where are we right now? Where are we in our practice? What, what has come up? What do we experience? What do we also share with each other in those group meetings?
And I think the the current theme that evolves out of that is how we how we fall back into again and again creating this self occurring out of our experiences. I mean, the Achan this morning was talking about the, the five khandhas and I, I shared with him at mealtime and I said to him, hmm, I don't quite know how to relate to your um, exploration of that. But when I, when I looked into these meetings and experiencing myself and also the others in the different groups, what I can see is how we actually, even in, in our practice and in our experiences of working with the Satipatthanas, like working with the, with mindfulness and its explorations is a different takes on our experiences. We seem to fall back again and again into the trap of becoming somebody who has a certain problem. And, and like, the five khandhas are actually, um, you could say like, it's a theme of trying to deconstruct the sense of self that we are again and again recreating through our experiences. And when when we look at it closer, it's like one of the commentaries that I have been reading about, it says like, if you see the five khandhas in the terms of like the khanda of form is standing for where I am, the khanda of feeling is standing for how I am. The khanda of perception is standing for what I am. The khanda of um, for mental formations is standing for why I am. And the khanda of, um, like of consciousness is standing for whereby I am. So when we are looking at how these khandhas are part of our experience, like we do experience, like say we do experience form and we turn that, like in a way after the experience, we bring in the ownership of the experience. So 
we are like say we are experiencing body and with the experience of body on top of the experience of body we bring in the sense of my body belonging to me this is mine it's like on top of the experience of feeling pleasant feeling neutral feeling or unpleasant feeling we put on top of the experience we put the ownership this is how we get into the trap of my feeling and the identification that goes with that especially like as more as we have self involvement in the ex- as more as we are bringing identification and self involvement into the experience as more and as stronger the self of uh, the sense of self arises out of that i think what we where we get stuck most is in the kanda of like the sankara kanda the kanda of not perception of i don't can you just have me, mental formations yeah in the in the kanda of mental formations we we don't recognize that we that we identify with an experience to a degree that we don't see anymore what is actually happening when i from my personal experience when i when i look into that i have to ask myself the question like how did i come here what what is actually the root of this experience like when we when we look at the arising of like say sankara we can see we can trace it back like often what is what is there in the begin is a sense experience out of this sense experience comes like the first almost reaction that comes out, out of that is a feeling tone and that is pleasant neutral or unpleasant with that almost like in the comment- commentaries it said like the the experience of feeling tone is related to the sense organ the experience of perception is related to the sense object so sense like 
the feeling tone and the perception almost arise at the same time. It's like the feeling tone is almost like setting setting the first ground or the first direction of the experience. It's like it's saying, well, this is pleasant or unpleasant, or it doesn't go either that way or that way. This feeling tone is deeply based in former experiences. It comes out of, um, you could say like, it's, it's a karmic residue of our experiences that we, that are how we are conditioned earlier on, like before this experience. And often with the feeling tone, it is, it is a repetition of a former experience. Like when, Say, when you, when you see something that you like, it is because, most of the time, it is because before this experience, you had another experience that you remember at that time. So, like, the pleasant experience just repeats itself. So, your first reaction, pleasant, is based on your former experiences. Almost together with that is the recognition of what that object is about. Like say, you, I mean, just very simple, like if you like ice cream, there's the, you, you see just the, how, what, like you just see the form of it. You see, yeah, you, you see, what you see the form of the ice cream and immediately is the there is this experience of pleasant with that comes the recognition ah ice cream and when it moves into mental formations what comes in with this is ah yeah i remember last time I was going with my friend to the ice cream shop and, and whatever, or for my birthday, my, my friend brought me this ice cream. What we, what we have to understand is the, is the relationship between the feeling tone, the perception and the karmic formation or the mental formation. They are, the mental formations are triggered by the, uh, by the former experiences. They are, they are kind of, it's almost like they are reaffirming us for this is what I'm experiencing and this is like, this is myself experiencing it because I'm in relationship with, through former experiences, with this sense of self that arises out of it. What we, 
what we don't, what we often miss out on is that that we are just busy recreating reality. And we are creating ourselves again and again, partly out of the habitual mental patterns that go along with the experience. And when we find ourselves already in the loop of that, it is very hard, it is very difficult to step out. So sometimes when you find yourself in the full flow of a karmic formation, and I mean, moving away from the ice cream, it can be much more, much, of course, much more than that. It can be, it can have the form of, I'm so useless, I always do make this mistake again and again. Or it can be something like, I will, like say, in your meditation practice, I will never be able to really concentrate. I get always distracted. That's just another mental formation arising out of your experience and arising out of the identification with it. In one of the interviews I had today, somebody was sharing with me that he or she was experiencing very strong judgments. It's like being, like looking at others and almost like as soon as looking at somebody else, like at somebody, there came up a judgment about what he or she saw in that person. And, and it, and of course, that is already a full flow of mental formations. On top of that came the second mental formation of, I'm really useless. I, I, I can't, I can't seem to stop blaming others. So, so there's the first mental formation of judgment and then the second mental formation of blaming yourself for judging. And we can continue like that and building one thing on top of the other and it will never end. And basically we all are in samsara and we all know this, we do this. But what is important is to understand like is there actually a way out of that? What is the way out of that? If I continue in that way, in that loop, I will never be able to just relax and be, and be with what is arising without identifying, without making, turning into creating reality in a certain way or using our experience of reality to turn into a creation that is actually quite 
away from our first experience. It's like we are, it's almost like we put on certain glasses where we see things in a particular way. Like say you take on pink glasses and everything you see is has a pink tinge to it. It doesn't mean it is that way. But through the glasses, we see it that way. So with our perceptions, with our mental creations, we are forming our experience and we create them sometimes in a way that is it's just like why don't why why can't we ask ourselves like why do i do this how come how come i'm finding myself again and again in creating this suffering even just to see that when you do that you are actively busy creating suffering in your life and it's something you don't need to do it's something for some very strange reason we do that what is the reason and i mean i'm i'm including myself here in this in this exploration because i see myself doing that too and when I see that I'm doing it, I, I think what is really important is to understand the underlying, almost like energy or drive that brings us to the point of doing that. It's just like, what is it? What haven't I understood that I end up in this place what is there that i need to see that i need to relate to in a different way in order to not recreating reality like isn't reality in itself enough to how do you say to relate to why do i why am I twisting it? Why am I turning it into a certain picture that often is really quite far away from what really is? And like when you, when you, like say, when you ask a friend for, I think I mentioned it the other evening, for a, a reality check, like, on your experience or on what you have seen on your perception of a situation. Or if you just share with people, like three people have seen the same situation, and if you share your experiences, it's sometimes really quite interesting to see what comes out of it, what is left in each person about this experience. And it can be really quite different depending on your point of perception. 
living monastic life, I experienced that actually quite often, <laughs> just kind of remembering situations where, where maybe we have made a decision or we have been discussing something. And then, like say, three, four weeks later, we come together and we collect, what was it actually? <laughs> like, what was discussed? Where did we come to? And you just end up saying, oh, I remember that quite differently. You know, so because we are through our conditioning, through our life experiences, we take a certain stand on reality. We take up certain ways of perceptions that are related to our culture background that are related to our social upbringing that are related to our personal experiences former experiences in regards to the object or to the situation so what we are meeting with is at least like when we are looking at how we are perceiving reality, we are meeting at least, I think I would say, with 80% of projections, our own projections and assumptions and expectations of what we are seeing. So when we speak, Speak about mental formations, all these bits and pieces are flowing into that. So we can't hardly ever anymore perceive a situation with just an open mind, an open heart, and allowing ourselves to be touched by that. Something that maybe goes in here, at least to some degree, is like a friend of mine was just a few weeks ago was showing me photos from um, an expedition that she made into um, the Kalahari and into the Kulga National Park. And she was driving with a group of people through the park and there were lions right on the side of the road and they were just lying there and very easily, very relaxed and looking. Like, and, like, and she made photos of these lions. And, and I said to her, they were just lying there? They didn't get up or they didn't do anything there were so many people in the car and she said to me the lions can't quite perceive the car they can't make out what the car is they don't have any contact they have how do you say they don't have really a perception of that a formed perception of that she said if just one of us would get out of the car, that would change very quickly. It would be actually really dangerous. But as long as the people were in the car, 
there was no danger there because the lions could not make a concept of that they, they could they couldn't make a kind of for them it was just something strange passing by and then like sometimes you might have had that experience too like you are perceiving something and you can't quite make out what it is because because it is too quick or you just have never seen it before or your perception is slightly i mean your visual dis perception is slightly distorted so you can't quite make out what that is watch your mind what is going on in your mind when you have that experience it's, I mean, in my mind, what happens is I jump from one um, concept of what I'm seeing to another one. Oh, maybe it's a cup. No, no, it's not quite a cup. Is it a vase? Or maybe a ball? Yeah, it's just kind of, and I'm just giving that as an example. When something is not quite formed, not quite defined, there is actually, like we we can see there is much more spaciousness and openness in our perception. We are actually considering what is it that we see. We are not jumping right into, ah, that is this. So maybe when, if we want to diffuse the power of mental formations, we maybe have to start questioning what is coming up, questioning the judgments that we make, questioning the assumptions that we make, questioning the feeling, oh, I know this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because often we think we know, but do we really? Like, what is it that we are experiencing? What gets triggered? Why is there such a strong sense of self related to some of our experiences, to some of the mental formations that we are creating? What is the investment? Why does it sometimes feel like when we experience very strong views? Why does it feel sometimes like it's about life and death? It's just like if I'm, like, say, in a challenging interview or if I'm in a, like, meeting, like, say, even just with un one other person who has a very different few than I do. Why does it, what is triggered with that? What really is it? And I think part of that experience is just related to the evolution of human beings. We we do much easier jump into 
negative assumptions, negative perceptions, than into positive ones. That goes back to the necessity to survive when life was not as safe as it is now. Like say, millions of years ago, when it was really important to be able to discern danger as soon as possible because your continuation of life depended upon that. But these traits are still so deeply rooted in us that when a similar trigger happens, even there's no danger, nobody's going to kill you, nobody is going to take your life. But we are relating to the to this situation in a similar way. So we have to understand that this is a creation that is based on the assumption of danger and in some ways looking clearly at the situation that we are in now, that assumption is neurotic. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really real. It's like we are assuming a threat to a degree that is unrealistic. And we go into, like, when we are working out different, like say, different opinions, different views, we are going into defense mechanisms that are based on completely different grounds. I hope I'm making myself clear with this. It's like it's coming out of a survival situation, or like it's based on, these defense mechanisms are based on situations where survival was essential. But nowadays, these same mechanisms come up when it is not about survival anymore. It's just about meeting different views and being like being opposed or meeting disagreement. But because these um, energetically, these defense mechanisms are so deeply rooted that we in the situation it is in the situation itself, it is very hard to see that actually maybe just giving a bit of space, not straight jumping into defending, not straight jumping into certain assumptions, actually give the space for a deeper understanding, a deeper way of of um, experiencing reality as it is. It's almost like sometimes it seems to me as if we are afraid of meeting reality, as if we are more afraid of 
the unknown of what we might meet, then our habitual assumptions and even our fears, our um, what we have developed through our former experiences, we we rather be like we are rather in a place of feeling really miserable than being in a place of not quite knowing. Even so, that place of not quite knowing can turn into a beautiful experience. But why do we choose to go to the miserable bit? <laughs> why do we do that? Something to explore, something to look deeper into. And sometimes it's even ridiculous what we, what we make up, especially in retreat times, what we make up as our problems. I remember for my first retreat, it was a 10-day retreat in Thailand, and I was sitting behind a woman in the, in the sala, and it was like a big group, it was about 120 people, and I was sitting behind a, group, a, a woman who loved striped T-shirts. <laughs> and I mean, believe it or not, but more and more these striped T-shirts became a problem for me. <laughs> and it's just like, I just, because like what happened was my mind was just trying to find something to grab onto, so to create something I could hold onto, even so it was miserable, even so it was silly, even so it was whatever, ridiculous. But that was better than just moving into, oh, I don't quite know what's going on here, what's, what's next, you know? It's kind of that, that inner open space, that moves us, actually it moves us closer to, into the mystery of life, into the, into all kinds of possibilities that we might have never before experienced. But why don't we, why don't we give it a try? I think I stop here for tonight. I think I've rattled on along <laughs> enough. But I hope it does make sense and I hope it's helpful. I'd like to offer that for your reflection.